Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody, before we jump into this episode, I just want to um, say that this topic is very, very important. It hits home for both Jen and I. Uh, these are the three pillars of health. Today, we're going to be talking specifically about and going deep into how you should be feeding your body, how to optimize your diet, and how no matter where we turn, the things that are most important to us in our lives in achieving, the freedom comes from being disciplined in the behaviors that map us towards those things. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel, and I am joined finally once again by the lovely and talented Jen Justice. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going amazing. <laughs> it's great to be doing this again. Yes. We've had a couple of episodes apart. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> uh, but it's great to be back um, thinking about and planning and now delivering some content that we're really excited about, that we believe deeply in, and we're, we really think it will help people. Yes. Um, th this episode is part one of a three-part series that I'm calling the three pillars of health. Um, you know, it's been my experience, um, and it's really crystallized over the last 12 months, and I started verbalizing this, is that all meaningful progress in one's health journey for the most part, tend to track through one of three pillars. Mm -hmm. You either make meaningful progress through optimizing the way you eat or feed your body, mm -hmm. or you make meaningful progress by improving or optimizing the way you move or challenge your body physically. And then probably the most underrated of all is that you can improve meaningfully your health by improving or optimizing the way you recover your body on a daily basis. So these are the three pillars, eating, moving, and recovering. Um, this episode, we're going to go deep into eating, mm -hmm. how, to, how to think about optimizing your diet, and we'll do the other pillars in the subsequent um, episodes. And within each episode, we're going to talk about them in layers, where it starts with thinking about the topic, like how do we need to be thinking about the way we eat? Uh, and then s next it will be how do you experience this um, physically? Like how do many people feel physically when they map out or march out these behaviors? And then lastly, how does it make them f f feel mostly emotionally. Mm -hmm. You know, what is the emotional experience when you get an optimal dietary strategy deployed? Mm -hmm. So it's it's a really interesting way to think about this and, and, and we hope it's useful. Um, let's start with thinking. Let how do you need to be thinking about your diet? And I, I will briefly um, for context of those that don't know anything about us you know, Jen and I began our journey professionally together 
about 10 years ago in the obesity space, really exclusively dealing with weight and weight-related diseases. Um, and we, we have thousands of hours of experience uh, with real humans who are really um, struggling. And um, I, th I think that we have um, uncovered a lot of really interesting truths about this. Um, but like all things, all progress begins with telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth is humans, the only purpose of the human body is to stay alive. That, that's what we're designed to do. Every system and backup system we have is with the singular goal of don't die. Mm -hmm. And we need to eat in order to get energy so that we can achieve the goal of not dying. And for all of documented human history, prior to mass agriculture in the late 1800s, early 1900s, but certainly by the 1950s, the obesity rates in the world were less than 5%, mm -hmm. like two, three, four, five. Now we're approaching obesity rates, approaching a third of the US adult population. Mm -hmm. We have a real problem. And um, prior to these mass-produced, primarily grains, um, humans spent the majority of their time not eating. Mm -hmm. You didn't wake up and go right to the pantry and start nibbling, and you certainly didn't have a snack every two hours, and you didn't have a late-night snack. You got up and you got about your business, um, and if you were lucky, at the end of the day, you had a meal. Mm -hmm. We had a very fasted, uh, lifestyle and we've adapted well to that. Mm -hmm. There were no metabolic disease, there was, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And now in, a, in, a, in an area where, in a time where we have abundance, we're not doing very well. Right. We're not doing very well at all with all of this excess. Mm -hmm. um, this is what metabolic disease is. It's too much, mm -hmm. it's too many grains, it's too much blood sugar, it's too much blood pressure, it's too much cholesterol, it's too much, too much, too much, too much, too much. And this is fueling the diseases of diabetes, heart mm -hmm. disease, cancer. I mean, what is cancer? Cancer is too much cell growth. Yep. It's too, it, we need intentional deprivation with very focused periods of time to eat, and which is why we believe that the best dietary strategy framework for most people, there are a handful of people where this is not going to work well, is a fasted lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Whether that's 12 hours a day, 18, 24 hour fast, at least 12 hours a day not eating is a basic jumping off point for most people. If you're not at least doing that, it's kind of like X on the map, start here. Yeah. Um, and there's, we talk about this a lot, but we talk about freedom and discipline. Mm -hmm. And it's not being disciplined for discipline's sake. It's being disciplined in the things that we know will map us towards the thing we want. Mm -hmm. And if we want health and we want to feel good and we want vitality and we want longevity and health span, we have to figure out and crack the code of eating and how we feed our body. Um, and being disciplined can be really, really overwhelming when you're being inundated with optionality mm -hmm. and this diet and that diet and this and that and cut this out or add that and all you need to do is this and it's too complex yeah and it's confusing overwhelm sets in and people go bah 
there's something about fasting, committing to a fasted lifestyle, whatever that means for you. And we've created a lot of content around this in the past that mm-hmm. people can search for, where we give you kind of playbook of how to fast. But let, Jen, talk to me about, because you and I privately talk about freedom, mm-hmm. my personal freedoms that have come when I fired fat Aaron. <laughs> you know, it's been about five and a half years. Oh yeah, you've done amazing. But it was the first domino to fall. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, my career, my marriage, my parenting, my ability to lead, all of these things begin to start moving in a positive direction by just me getting control of what I'm putting in my body Mm -hmm. as a source of fuel. Talk to me about what freedom and discipline means to you and how fasting helps you really... um, live true to that yeah that discipline thank you um you know as we were preparing for the podcast we were discussing the concept of freedom and discipline and we've done a podcast on that before but i feel like it's really important to weave that concept into this eating episode um because i feel like people view them as that they exist on opposite ends of the spectrum that but but really they're interconnected and you can't have one without the other and I did some really deep reflection on my own life and my own experiences and came to this revelation just as you shared that everything good in my life has come from discipline Mm. my spiritual walk my marriage my career you know I I I couldn't have gotten to where I am in my life without some sort of discipline Mm -hmm. um and now applying that to my health journey um you know, being very undisciplined in my health journey, I did not have freedom. I had a lot of stress. I had a lot of anxiety around it. I had a lot of guilt and shame. And um, once I really dialed in my diet, specifically first, um, which we teach our members to do that first and layer in exercise second if they're really overwhelmed. But um that really started moving the needle for me and I started seeing progress and getting momentum. But the discipline of fasting until 11, 12 o'clock, and and believe me, you know, we're talking about the thinking part of this. The thinking part for me is unlearning Mm -hmm. that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Come on. Because I was raised to believe that. And, you know, our culture believes that, that, hey, you've got to fuel your body first thing in the morning or your brain's not going to fire, you're not going to be productive. And that's simply uh, a myth or a... What's the product of one of the greatest marketing campaigns ever deployed in in the world by Grape Nuts, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Yeah. And and so... Your uh, first meal is. Yeah, your first meal is, right. Yes, I would agree. Your Mm -hmm. first, when you break your fast, Mm -hmm. it is the most important meal of the day. You're the most biochemically vulnerable, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be the AM meal. Right. And for, for me, I mean, you know mm-hmm. my fasting journey was not easy in the not beginning. Easy. Mostly mostly because of my biochemistry, um, very insulin you resistant. You were in, intolerant. Mm-hmm. And my body fought back and it didn't like it. But I would actually say it wasn't that it wasn't easy. It was hard. It was very hard. It was very hard. You were very <laughs> complex. It took us a long time. I was to, pretty grumpy. <laughs> to figure out yeah. what was going on, mm-hmm. but we really have uncovered, and an, uh, I feel like you're unlocked. Yeah. 
and I and um, I never gave up. So that was a really That's important it. thing for me because in the past I have given up and I lost that discipline. And um, anyway, I, I appreciate you allowing me to share my journey, um, and I'm very forthcoming with doing that. But the thinking part is important because if you don't have your mindset really wrapped around that concept, it will be more difficult for you to do. Yeah, and I think patience and curiosity, if, you've, if you're listening to this and this is resonating with you and you hadn't really given it a go mm-hmm. for six to 12 months, I would encourage you to be curious and be patient. Mm-hmm. It took me about six months mm-hmm. after I knew I wanted to do it because I was a grumpy bear because I woke up and I was a I'm I could never fast because I'm I wake up and I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned is that is completely a learned behavior. Um, and it is my brain saying I want a dopamine hit. And ideally, that would be some crunchy, sweet carbohydrates. Yep. Um, the the. The unlearning, as you said, is part of the thinking process, being patient and curious about what fasting means for you. And the discipline for you, as I can speak to to being front row of your whole journey, is that it has evolved and allowing yourself to be flexible while still being committed to the goal of figuring out fasting. You allowed fasting to be implemented as your body would allow you to do it. Yes. And as you've stayed consistent with that and never giving up and showing up every day, here you are completely different. And the ability to now achieve um, a deeper level of discipline, which then yields more freedom, which allows you to take that new freedom and energy and focus and put it even deeper into your discipline, it's a positive momentum cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're now undoing decades. Mm -hmm. Let me rephrase. You have undone decades of confusion and complexity, which, by the way, is the byproduct of lack of discipline. Yeah. I mean, I, I can safely say I've done every diet under the planet, pretty much. And this is the first time where I feel in control. I feel Mm -hmm. confident. And it's simple. And it's simple. I mean, you're literally eliminating a third of the decisions that you have to make. I mean, you and I both make multiple really complex decisions per day. Yep. This is something that I don't want to think about too much. I mean, you do have to put some thought into it. And, you know, with this thinking pillar, one piece of advice I would give people is set your set your environment up for success. You know, if you open the pantry first thing in the morning and you see all those breakfast foods you're going to want them first thing in the morning so maybe you know clean that out or do something in that regard or get out of the house i have two i have two kids and i don't want to make eating weird for them exactly so i work out Mm -hmm. i grab my coffee and i kiss them and i say see you later (laughs) on the weekends it's very hard for me to be successful because it's all around me i don't have an environment that is supporting me Mm -hmm. uh at the office we have water and coffee yep yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And then I get busy about my work and I forget about it. Mm-hmm. And it's serving me well. Yeah. You know, and and the very things that I used to eliminate 40 plus pounds of fat off my body um, and over 20 percent body fat are the exact same strategies that I'm using five years later to maintain. Yeah. And that's that, awesome. And I there's so much freedom that I experience that I can use that newfound surplus of energy and creativity 
and decision-making capacity, and I can apply them to other things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, th- thank you for that. Yeah. I think I think your story will resonate with many, many people. Um, in the next layer about um, of, of, of considering how we should be feeding our body, we, we slide into how will you typically experience this physically, mm-hmm. um, a fasted lifestyle. We alluded to it a little bit in the, the first section, you know, um, there is an element of transition and adaptation. Some people like fish and water, they're like, anyway, that was easy. And they're totally unlocked day one. It took me six months mm-hmm. to really unpack. What the heck? <laughs> I, I mean, I, and unlearn that I, I'm actually not hungry. Yeah. That my, I'm hung, I'm feeling the desire to eat and I'm feeling the pangs of hunger, but it's not because I actually need to eat. Mm-hmm. There was plenty of fat and energy all around me. I eat to give my body energy and I was, I would say to myself, go get, go get the energy. Mm-hmm. Go get it. It's there. It's in my belly. I'm not feeding you. Right. I'm in control. And then there's that freedom. Yeah. There's a sense of, um, that gets a little bit into the next section of kind of like the emotional, what you feel from it. But but I, I would just say, and, and I'll let you kind of wrap this section up, but for me, right away, um, physically, I experienced more energy because of the decision-making fatigue. Um, number two, less bloated. I... I felt very, very trim. Even when I wasn't, there was this sense of lack of inflammation. Um, like my body was doing what it was designed to do. I was creating a famine where my body was eating itself, which is what it is designed to do. Cleaning out the stored energy. Um, I slept better. I, I felt like I moved better. I was able to exercise more effectively. Um, but the primary work that was done was really for me in that first six months of getting my mind right, like we talked about, Mm -hmm. but then allowing my body to feel what it's going to feel as I adapt to this new lifestyle. Mm -hmm. What about you? Hmm. Isn't Hmm. that nice for you? (laughs) It wasn't so. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, but I... It was just a little harder um, because, again, my body just didn't want to really be in that fast state in Mm -hmm. the beginning. But uh, I experienced, um, I was a little grumpy. This is in the first probably month or so, but um, headache and uh, just really, really tired in the morning. Um, And then, you know, once I had my first meal, I felt better and really perked up a little bit. But once you kind of get over that initial phase and and your body gets more adapted to it I experienced exactly what what you did and in fact recently when when I did my colonoscopy prep that involved a a, probably about 36 hours of fasting it wasn't horrible Mm -hmm. like I was ready to eat at that point but it wasn't like I was dragging and dying and just like oh my gosh you were conditioned starving you know what I mean it Mm -hmm. was um a little bit more pleasant experience if that could be pleasant at all but um yeah in the beginning it was difficult for me but um and I and I had some coaching you know I I did I did coaching with Zane at that time we Mm -hmm. had a weekly call and he would really talk me through what was happening to my body remind me hey you know this is 
just is just going to let up. Um, well, back to what you said, you created an environment that yeah. encouraged you to do the thing that you wanted to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got it here. You got it through coaching, through your trainer. You got it. Mm-hmm. Y- you were around. You were immersed yeah. in an environment of encouraging. Mm-hmm. And depending on where one is in, on their health journey, it may be very difficult mm-hmm. to, to have the, the patience and the curiosity because judgment and like this doesn't work it's not yeah. like the overwhelm what set. do you mean you're not eating <laughs> yeah and there's a lot of mis- mixed messages right yeah. from from pop culture the bottom line is humans are not that frail yeah you'll be fine mm-hmm. e- eating a few hours later yeah well and and but your body pushes back. How many patients have you experienced in the ICU or in really critical conditions where, I mean, they're getting fed through an IV, yeah. but they're not getting physical food and no. they're they're still able to sustain their life until they get better. But it's, it's uh, we, we, we have all become, as a culture, um, our thinking around how we need to eat has become diluted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the big take-home point for experience, f- the physical experience of a fasted lifestyle is there is going to be, it's like a two-step process. Step one, it might be immediate. It might be six months like me. It might be a year and a half mm-hmm. like you. But stay the course. Yes. Because on the back end of that is complete freedom and simplicity and a lightness Mm -hmm. in your physical body that you begin to feel and you're no longer chained to this like i have to eat or i'm grumpy or i Mm have like there's so much freedom and Um, also pick pick up a cadence that works for you in the beginning i didn't fast every day i mean i fasted maybe three days out of the week Mm -hmm. and then i added more time to it maybe it was just 12 hours yeah and you know i used an app to help me track when I could eat, um, but it, you know, there's lots of tools out there to help you, and and you don't feel like you have to go great, you know, big guns right out of the gate. I mean, you just kind of start slow if you need to, and really let your body kind of adapt to that, so that you can tolerate it and feel better. I totally agree. Patience, curiosity, and stick to itiveness mm-hmm. is the key to physically be successful at improving the way you feed your body. Moving into the last section, um, and we'll wrap this up, is, you know, how will this likely make you feel? And there's a little bit of overlap here as we talk about this, but primarily what I'm talking about is the spiritual and kind of emotional feeling that comes from a a disciplined, uh, fasted execution I, I'm just going to tell you, it is, um, for me, it is confidence, mm-hmm. it is clarity, it is simplicity, it is um, it is a multiplier mm-hmm. of my effort. Uh, and it's a, it's a compounding effect where, like a flywheel, mm-hmm. that's the word I was looking for, like a flywheel, I still put forth effort, but it's like... I'm just touching it and mm-hmm. moving it. In the beginning, it was. It takes a lot of force, mm-hmm. of change, 
But once that flywheel gets going, and guess what? I can take my hand off it a little bit. I was just at Disney for a week. I was far from perfect. And then we get back five, six days later. I put my hand right back on it, mm-hmm. start moving it a little bit again. And here, I'm three days back. I'm right back. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're coming off the holidays. I think I only gained two pounds total before. I Unreal. mean, I would have done serious damage five, you know, five well, who to knows? ten pounds. For many years, it was who knows because mm-hmm. you weren't, it didn't matter. You right. weren't tracking it. Exactly. Um, but then you just slip right into, you know, New Year's resolutions with, I've already established a, a great lifestyle and habit for myself. So now mm-hmm. it's just maintaining that flywheel, you know, just keeping that going and not, not getting off track, keeping that discipline. I think as I finish up this thought and put a bow on it, um, for, for me personally, figuring out how powerful a fasted lifestyle was for me to achieve freedom there it has given me a unique insight that being disciplined in the things that are most important allow me to achieve freedom in the things that are most important i love that and you alluded to or or, or said that we we intuitively we we feel like discipline and freedom are on opposite ends of the spectrum but in reality, they are connected. And the lack of freedom and discipline equals chaos and complexity. That's right. Wherever there's complexity in my life, it's because it either doesn't matter mm-hmm. and I'm not actually paying any attention to it, or it is something that matters and I haven't applied the discipline yet. But every area where I've committed to being disciplined, I'm experiencing the downstream freedom. Yeah. It's very counterintuitive and it requires a transition and an adaptation, getting that flywheel going. But if someone could take anything away from this episode, and I never can create another piece of content, it would be figure out what's most important to you mm-hmm. and commit to yourself that the results are worth it. And there is no way to get the result without being disciplined towards the things that will map you there. Yeah. And be patient, be gracious, be kind to yourself, mm-hmm. be curious. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. And never give up. Never. <laughs> and you would be well served to find a couple, at least one person who can encourage you, mm-hmm. who has your best interest in mind. Yeah. They're not trying to sell you something. Yeah. Any famous last words, Jen? Well, thank you for putting these pillars together. I'm excited as the podcast moves into 2023 to uh, talk about these with you and experience them in the next few episodes. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, next episode, we're going to take the same framework and apply it towards how to move your body. Yeah. And then we'll follow that up with how to recover your body. These are um, old tried and true methods but a new way to think about it mm-hmm. that i i find easier to think about yeah um and less tethered to dogma and religion and kind of old ways of thinking yeah um and so very good thank you so much jen thank you okay. I 
I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together, or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.